What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's business. Dead Meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. Thanks for being patient again this week. Coming on a day late. I'm still going through it. <laughs> I'm ready to feel normal again. A lot of people said my voice sounds different. That's because I'm really congested. Yeah. Yeah. My I haven't nose. noticed too much of a difference. Yeah, my nose is just sad. We do have new microphones, though. Oh, so we may sound different now. Yeah. That. Who knows? Yeah. I got yeah. a kitty on my lap. There's also a kitty. We got a new microphone, new mixer, new bunch of stuff. Yeah, new cheers. Same kitty, though. Same kitty. Oh, yes. She's getting a belly rub. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Unhinged. Unhinged. All right. Uh, I've been wanting to watch this because from what I could tell, it was just a lot of stupid fun. The reviews I saw of it, it has like a 40%. Yeah. It's got very middling, uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes, 46%, I think. Sometimes that's what I want. You know what? I had a good time watching this. I had a good time also. I think the, the final thing that really pushed me to seek it out was our friends at we hate movies uh i know steve steve sadak was watching it was tweeting about it said he had a great time so oh, yeah i trust i was like all right i'm gonna check this out yeah yeah it's it's dumb <laughs> b-movie fun man it's, i really uh, enjoyed myself i don't know it's almost grindhousey a little bit yeah it's it's a little exploitation yeah kind of. um it's it's russell crowe as a pissed off divorced guy with road rage extremely divorced guy stalking down this uh poor single mom yeah and that's it you know what i love about this movie (laughs) is once it gets going it does not stop there's no like lulls and shit you know she honks at him at a red light and he's pissed and then as soon as that gas station scene hits from then on it is non-stop yeah it's never boring i don't know i think it deserves a higher score than 40%. I think this is a <laughs> solid 60 something percent movie. It's not like a masterpiece, which is fine. I don't need it to be. No. It's it's just really It would probably silly. be a worse movie if it were a better movie. If it, yeah, if it were <laughs> yeah, if it was a good movie, it would be worse if that. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just so fucking dumb and violent it's so violent it's so gory and i didn't realize scary it was gonna... russell crowe russell crowe russell crowe giving a very um scary john goodman performance yeah we were saying john goodman could have rocked this role john too. goodman also if i had to cast anyone else would be very good as this guy but russell mm-hmm. crowe kind of just playing himself which i think is a little it's funny the idea that he um, and I think he's mentioned this before in, in interviews about this movie that he, this is almost like a self-reflective nod to his history. Because he of, has anger and violence issues in his in his personal life. Yes, right? in the the '90s, early 2000s specifically, he's like thrown phones at people. Okay, just you know, just diva shit. Yeah. Um, I believe he has gone to anger management and stuff. It's something that he's openly discussed dealing with. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of a... Sounds like kind of a Christian Bale situation, maybe. 
A little bit. Just, uh, the Christian Bale stuff, though, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but that also was like there's family stuff involved. Yeah. With family that he's like estranged from. It's mm-hmm. no good. But anyway, so Russell, I'll, I, I think I can say now because it didn't pan out. Um, there was interest expressed uh, from the studio making that made unhinged of maybe getting russell to come on the debbie podcast <laughs> but i said hey, we do video we need to do video chat and it just it didn't pan out but it could have we could have had it all especially difficult in the we could have had it all you guys the remote zoom <laughs> russell you're welcome anytime if you want <laughs> just to talk about like yeah, come your over, farm man. that he lives in like a farm his twitter's just like pictures of um like nature and stuff if mm. you want like kind of some zen you know, Twitter stuff. Wow, Russell Crowe's Twitter he, is zen. I think, yeah, it is unexpectedly zen. Lots of um, videos of him just kind of driving around and, you know, videos of like trees and different animals. And it's nice. That's cool. Australian outback. All right. Anyway, but not in this movie. In no. this movie, when he's driving around, it's not to take videos of different species of uh, native Australian flowers. <laughs> it is to stalk a single mother going through a divorce. Well, the cold open is him getting drunk or taking pills or whatever, getting messed up outside of a house. Uh, it's him in the driver's seat of a car. I think it's raining. It's like you spend a long time with him just brooding in this car. He's staring and, at this house. And then he goes up to the front door and just breaks in with a hammer. Just a regular sized hammer pounding little holes and then the knob off. It's scary how real it is. And you see the light flicker on upstairs. It's like. There's something about a hammer murder that really is scary to Yeah, because he gets in and just beats this dude to death and then beats who I guess yeah, is his hammer. ex-wife. To death, I didn't realize, but that's oh, what the Wikipedia article it's his said. Ex-wife. I had just assumed it was another person thought, who had pissed him off. I thought it was too. I thought this was just his thing. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. Wow. So apparently, he yeah he murders his ex wife and her new boyfriend or whatever, and uh, that's the cold open, and it's brutal. And then he just uh, oh yeah, and he lights the house on fire. Yeah. And then just leaves. And it walks away with the house. Yeah, it explodes in the background. He drives away in his truck. I thought though that this cold open was a flash forward to the end of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, because it just seemed so crazy. That, that would thought, have been a pretty surely bold Surely this is what happens choice. at the end or something. Oh. But the fact that then we go to the next scene and we meet the main character and on the news in the background, they're, they're like, a guy it. broke into a house and blah. So I'm like, oh, fuck, no, that ha- that just straight up happened. What the fuck else are we doing in this? So that's when I got very excited. Yeah, that's after the opening credits, which is a very, it's like a Purge-like opening credits. Yeah, it I kind of the Purge, too. Yeah, it sets the tone uh, of the world that this film takes place in where you know job losses road rage incivility people yelling at each other a lot of hits on road rage yeah you mean our world (laughs) that basically yeah (laughs) this made me um really not miss commuting it just really hit home for me how i I don't have to commute anymore thank you to everyone who watches (laughs) demi and subscribes to the patreon um because the jobs I had before this, I would have to drive when I was a production assistant. God, I would be on the road sometimes over five hours a day, just driving back and forth across LA, stuck in traffic. Yeah. And I would road rage hard. 
for sure. There were mornings where if I didn't leave <laughs> early enough to get to my job, uh, then that meant like literally the difference of 10 minutes meant a like 25 minute commute or an hour, 10 minute commute. And it would take an hour just to get a block down the street. Yeah. And it was so infuriating. It really. So I get it, Russell Crowe. It's one of the like just as humans traffic and just how inefficient it is and how fucking pissed off it makes everyone and just like how much cortisol we're all just <laughs> pumping into our bodies as a result of being this fucking stressed every morning and every evening what the fuck man? Like, yeah, it's, it's, just one, it's one of the worst things that we've done to ourselves as humans and it was literally one of the biggest driving things for me uh, to motivate me to leave my job and, yeah. and do YouTube full time, it was because I wouldn't have to fucking commute. Yeah, that commute is such a waste of time and yeah, stress. But th like thinking of this movie, I just think of all the times I fuck, I just road raged out. Not like actually did anything, but just like screaming at other cars. Scream! And just, I would hit the steering. Yeah, wheel it's like pound the steering you know? wheel. <laughs> just. I'm like, was I the Russell Crowe? Was I the one where someone was like, oh, that as chick's long crazy. As he didn't beat anyone to death with a hammer. That's true. Really? He has like a golf club at one point. Yeah. I think he's got a whole variety of weapons in this movie. See, after the credits, we do meet our actual main character. It is uh, Rachel, played by Karen Pistorius. I'm not familiar with her. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah, her son. <laughs> You know, I will say that the movie does do a good job of setting things up and using them later. But yes. just for this one scene, I was like, wait, who's related? How? It was a because sleepaway camp. Like, who the, is, who the fuck are these people? The problem is the age of the yeah. characters. Because, okay, her son is Gabriel Bateman playing uh, character Kyle. He's the kid Andy from Child's Play. Yeah. That, that actor is 15 years old. Or 16, I think. And she's only 30. So that mm. doesn't make sense. Why She's only 30? She's only 30. And I, I did think she looked young to be playing. Exactly. On, and this is the second time this has happened to this kid. Because he had Aubrey Plaza as his yeah, mom in Child's Play. Yeah, also weird. And she would have had to been like 16 also to have weird, had him. Yeah. So, hey, movies. It's not like it doesn't happen, but you know. No, it just... happens. But like, why is Gabriel Bateman the, <laughs> the teenage pregnancy kid in all these horror movies? Yeah, for real. Uh, He's oh, also in, what is he, Lights Out? And I, I forget what other... He's in another He's one He's in Annabelle. Too. Yeah. He's in Annabelle, yeah. Which I've seen all the Annabelles, but I don't remember him. I mean, we reviewed the first Annabelle a million years ago. In? Yeah, we didn't like it. No, it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's a bad movie. But yeah, in this movie, just as in Child's Play, his role is a lot of, Mom! 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 Yelling Mom. a lot of mom. He's a good actor, actually. I he's like him He's definitely... He's, it's weird. He's the teenage pregnancy child <laughs> actor, but he's also the, like... I'm the kid that has to be the parent sometimes. Yeah. Kid, yeah you yeah. know, just, just the world on his shoulders. Yeah, because honestly, Rachel in this movie is uh, uh, like someone I know, uh, not you, uh, it, always late for things mm. and just has very poor time management. And so, yeah, her teenage son here is the one who's like, hey, you're you're late. We got to go. She stresses me going. out, which is, I mean, that's by design. Yeah. It, this, this. The opening of this movie after... Oh, there's also her brother. That is the other who, thing. It, I'm like, how old are you? The actor's 27. He looks like he's 18. But that's the thing is he also... 
uh, is famous for he originated one of the roles in Spring Awakening on Broadway, which is like about teens fucking oh, in, in okay. Germany. That, um, what, uh, I, I've never P. seen McKenzie? it. Yeah. Okay. Which so maybe he just is one. Of, he just gets cast. Uh, like he just looks young, you he know. He looks super young, and so it's him and Rachel talking about <laughs> their mom, who's he's like on a video oh, yeah. chat with. And when he was like, "Mom," I was like, "How is that your mom?" <laughs> yeah. And she's in like an old person's home or like a assisted living. Home. Yeah, I I just couldn't help but think of The Sopranos, where Tony's trying to get his mom to. He keeps telling her it's not a it's not a nursing home; it's a retirement community. That's what they basically are yelling at this mom. That also. is, yeah. <laughs> All I could think of this lady's fucking Livia just stewing in her fucking <laughs> retirement community. And then he has a fiance who also seems to live there. But yeah, but just like the relative ages of everything was really weird for a minute. Cause it was very confusing. some people were too young. Some people were too old, but it, it smooths it out pretty quickly. And you get a good feel for who Rachel is and just her issues. She's going through a divorce. Yeah. But, they do a good job of piling on all this stuff at once. I think maybe even just the introduction of all these characters at once works really well to make you feel a bit overwhelmed. Like, you know, you're juggling all these people and she's also overwhelmed by all these people asking different things of her. So, like, it it works, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And then she's driving her kid to school and the school has this rule, which I know schools do, but I think it's bullshit, where if he's late three times, he gets detention. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have issues with rules like that because you're punishing the kid. It's not the kid's fault being late to school. Most of the time, I would imagine. No, it is not. Uh, you know, at least before they're juniors. Or like, seniors I, I think can drive like themselves. I think usually those types of rules, like I think it's an act. It's a thing like that. You're punishing people whose parents maybe work or it's harder for them to get to yeah. school. And this whole movie's about she even goes on a rant like there's too many cars. And it's like, yeah, we don't have public transports why all these kids are late for school i do love that you know they're on surface streets and she's like should we risk taking the highway today and he says no but the the app says it's clear and then it's not like that's happened to me plenty of times this takes place in new orleans by the way which is uh nice you know you don't normally get yeah it's one of the lesser filmed cities and Mm -hmm. it was filmed in new orleans which is cool yeah so yeah, she's like driving around the surface yeah. streets of New Orleans. Which... She also just they're they're stuck in traffic this whole time, and yeah, she she rants about like there's too many cars. I'm just like yeah, and then she goes there's too many people. I'm like what? Like what? <laughs> I just she was real close from just like pounding on the steering wheel. Like we need to do something about that. <laughs> it just you know it could have gone a, a different a different direction. So I'm glad I'm glad that stopped when it did. <laughs> <laughs> she gets fired. Yeah, her, yeah, she's a hair. I think it's a hair because she hair says makeup. ever since you lost your salon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. she gets fired from like her best by her best client, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. Uh, drops her kid off, or no? Bef- crucially, before she drops her kid off at school, they're stuck at a red light behind a truck. Turns green. He never moves, and she just lays Russell on the Crow, horn. Russell Crowe, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's... And which I have done. I'm I've, done. Yeah. And, and there's like a big, there's like a big moment before she uses her horn of it's like, should she? Should she not? And I get. With the movie, it's because it will be the incident that leads to the rest of the movie. But I have also had cases. <laughs> like, don't think twice. And just 
Yeah, because we've driven in Florida, like with my my sister, and I'll use the horn, and she's like, "Whoa, why are you using that?" It's because that's your way to communicate with other drivers. This is what makes me think, like, am I the Russell Crowe? Like in the, in like my driving life, am I the fucking crazy Listen, person? In L.A., sometimes that's you gotta true. let the other person know that you're there or that they're fucking up, yeah. and so you use that horn. I agree that a little courtesy tap is sometimes the right course of action, yeah. and that's what. So after she she lays on this horn, Russell Crowe then kind of like cuts her off him he or he pulls up next to her and is like and they're stuck in traffic excuse so, me man, you, yeah what, what about a courtesy tap and he's like do you know what a courtesy tap is young man he's talking to her son and it's just it's weird right away yeah I, yeah I like too that he's like a giant he's like such a mouth breather in this movie it's oh, such a choice he? and i relate to that a lot right now I'm like yeah their <laughs> their window won't go up which is a little convenient but they did establish the car is kind of shitty because earlier like their neighbor had a new car and she was mm. like i can't afford one i do love that she's driving around this shitty red station wagon it's uh such a just unique car and it stands out so it's easy to track because there are a lot of chase scenes in this movie Mm -hmm. with cars driving around a lot of great car stunts stunts. a lot of really good car stunts and i just appreciate that it's like oh the red station wagon easy to spot and then russell crowe's in a giant fucking four by four truck he's in can't miss that he's like in the truck version of the shark from jaws like he just (laughs) is it really is like he just is in this giant silver truck and he's just like gliding through traffic just stalking her like he really it's like it's like jaws but a car yeah no, it's scary. <laughs> that would be my pull quote for the commercial. <laughs> it's like Jaws. It's like Jaws, a but a car. <laughs> Three and a half stars. So yeah, he he basically uh, she he apologizes for not moving, and oh, then man. wants her to apologize for honking at him, and she refuses to because she has been having a bad day, I'm and just she doesn't so... feel like she's in the wrong. The, I'm just this whole scene. I'm so stressed out because he's such a. There's something about like. Like dudes like that are old, like how old he's in like his fifties. He's got to be late fifties, like sixty yeah. maybe. Yeah, probably around sixty. Dude, he, like there's a type of dude that's around that age or older that's fucking obsessed with manners. Um, oh yeah, my dad's the not oh, mean version of this. Just like it's just older mm-hmm. person shit, but he's just obsessed with etiquette and. I just thought, oh my God, is he going to be like a jigsaw, but his thing is just manners? Not I, even like, are you a good person? It's just, are you, <laughs> do you have good etiquette yeah. while you're driving? Well, that's, I kind of thought that between thinking that the cold open, not realizing that that was with his ex-wife, I kind of thought that it would be a thing where he was the jigsaw of the road. Anyone who didn't use a turn signal or something or cut him off, that's who he would be going after. Yeah. It's a It's a more narrow story than that which i don't mind mm-hmm. uh it, that was just my conception going in that it would be yeah a my, wider thing my take on this whole movie is a bit different now that i'm realizing the cold open was his ex-wife it really frames it, it really that. frames it differently because if you think the cold open is just random people that like cut him off in traffic or something then yeah he's this weird like road rage jigsaw mm-hmm. but now that i know it's his ex-wife I think he's just looking for a woman to be mad at yeah. that day, which well, is really The tagline is, he could happen to anyone. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, she happened to be the person who pissed him off first. Yeah, and, then, and, she's, and a she's a woman. With, yeah. And she's also going through a... Div- like, dude, that's it. Yeah. He just... Which is like... 
that was something about this movie I thought was interesting was this kind of like thing with his character where he um is having some like you know divorce issues and like I said he's just extreme divorced guy energy um and yeah there's like this like he really hates women the way that he specifically targets her and just decides to project like oh you think everything is about you 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 know you're at the center of the universe blah 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 and the way he um blindly defends her ex-husband her ex without yes. knowing anything about the situation he's like richard's a good man it's like dude, you don't even know them you're just taking his side because it, yeah you are also a divorced man yeah he gets really upset at the we're skipping around all of it but he gets really upset at um the main character's divorce lawyer yeah um, well yeah let's let's get to that sure, sure, sure. uh so she gets away from him he he is a little scary in this initial scene like trying to you know drive around traffic to get to her she drops her kid off at school and then uh she has a call with her lawyer to meet her at a diner right yeah jimmy First, jimmy um, oh jimmy simpson, jimmy simpson. Yeah. Odo- I felt, or not a doyle uh, uh uh mcpoyle, McPoyle Bill yeah. doyles and mcpoyles mcpoyles and rule really <laughs> different energies but just weird annoying family that's around on like total opposite. If you made like a grid, I like would love to see corners. a like a battle royale between or like a Survivor Series elimination match between the O'Doyles versus the McPoyles. Oh my god! But the McPoyles would probably oil themselves up. Oh, you, they like, would try to grab. They'd be like that Family Guy. They're like, "You're never going to catch me," and yeah. the O'Doyles could not couldn't catch them. <laughs> They'd be too slimy. So she goes to the gas station to get some uh, gas, and she while she's inside. <gasps> Uh, she notices that his truck is out there parked behind her. And I love this scene because not only is it scary, but she um she she just tells the clerk and there's another dude who was behind her in line at the the register, like, I think this guy's scaring me. And you know, we just had the scene where he's talking to her and her son, and he's like, that's the problem with people today. Uh, everyone hates each other. There's no manners. I like that this scene is kind of a refutation of that because the clerk and this other stranger to her at the gas station are totally willing to help her. Yeah. They're like, do you want us to call the cops? The guy's like, I'll walk out there with you mm-hmm. so that you're not alone. I'll get his license plate number for you. I really like this scene. Yeah, and like, th- th- like, that's such a type of person that exists that is like, is just really obsessed with the idea that people these days are all the, yeah no one has any manners everyone's you know just rude and like you know all hope is lost for the future you know future generations that are but like the people at the gas station and like those reflect experiences i've had where like most of the time strangers are you know i think just to to be meta uh bigger picture for a second i do think that like uh broad cultural uh discourse is bad right now and yes. like anonymous discourse online yes. but i do think that in person face to face you still will have like people being kind to each other i and which is you in know, my experience yeah person to person people revert to being empathetic and aren't just gonna be total assholes right so in other words social media fucked everything yeah i did a little bit (laughs) but it's funny gas stations especially i've had like randomly good experiences with people being really generous or kind it's the same kind of vibe as a women's bathroom like women's bathrooms everyone's (laughs) really nice It's, it's like it's such a weird zone where everyone's extra nice and friendly um yeah but yeah i liked this that it, you know we see her being smart and being like hey this dude is stalking me that's the other thing is she tells the people there hey this dude is st-. and there are multiple times in this movie where where we're like 
I wish she would just do this thing. And then she does she it. She does it. So yeah. that's one of the big points for this movie is the character is not being dumb just for plot purposes. She is doing things that I would do in that situation. And just Russell Crowe keeps outsmarting her or, you know, screwing up her plans. But yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this other, the stranger dude goes out there with her. Uh, and you know, she guy. leaves and the guy like stands in front of Russell Crowe's truck. Just so I he got your out. plates. Yeah. Right? He's like, man, memorize the plates. He's like, uh, get, good, good move. Not following her. And then Russell Crowe just fucking floors dude, it. Russell Crowe just fucking hits this dude. He goes up on the windshield and then I don't know if he runs him over, but no, he tumbles off of Russell Crowe's <laughs> truck into traffic and then gets hit by another car. Oh, that guy okay. So that guy's fucked. Okay. Kill I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I missed him getting hit. Oh he gets man, that's such smoked. a bummer. Yeah, oh. and then it's fucking off. We're on a chase scene. Yeah, like the body count in this unexpectedly high. Yeah, it's it's solid. But, Russell Crowe's killing everyone, man. Yeah, Russell Crowe leaves a lot of bodies in his wake in this, and I did not <laughs> think that that was gonna be what this movie was. <laughs> Yeah, that's a uh, so it's a chase scene through the streets of New Orleans. Really cool stuff. Uh, cars crashing as they're trying to avoid uh, both these people driving around. And it's during this she's like trying to feel for her phone that she realizes, oh shit, he has it. He like shows her that he has her phone. He, has her phone. he took it while she was inside the gas station. He looks through her phone and goes to her meeting with her lawyer, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, he goes to have breakfast with Jimmy Simpson. <laughs> like a diner. It's really great. Yeah. And uh, he pretends to. To be someone who just met her and is like, oh, she wanted me to tell you that she's running late. Can I just say, Jimmy Simpson, come on, man. He's so, little, it, like, I know. <laughs> he's a little skeptical, but I think Russell Crowe gives enough specific details to string him along as much as he does. I guess. And I guess too, like he's not, it's not like Jimmy Simpson's her friend. He's her divorce. Like, he no, they're he like, he says they're, he's her best friend who is doing the lawyer services for free. Oh, I so missed that. So this is that. like a personal connection. Okay, that, no, he, <laughs> come on. You, if, if you're that close, I'm just thinking, you know, in my life, thinking of close friends I have, if someone like Russell Crowe shows up instead of them and is like, yeah, I'm their friend you've never met before. And, uh, it just, <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know. I mean, he gets his face smashed in with a coffee mug, so. Yeah, because <laughs> Russell Crowe's like, hey, I bet I could get her on the phone for you. And so he calls his shitty burner flip phone that he planted in her car. So she answers and he's like, hey, Rachel, and uh, gives the phone to her lawyer and then starts beating the shit out of this lawyer. This the this whole so thing, sudden. like this scene with the phone swap, which starts getting really elaborate and him just being like, I'm going to let you talk to your friend on my, my shitty flip phone. And it just... I felt like I was in a, like, Christopher Nolan Batman. Like, he just, this is such Joker shit. Like, he's gone Joker mode. Hey, want to talk about our sponsor this week, Kitty Poo Club. <laughs> Kitty Poo Club. <laughs> Kitty Poo Club. Sounds like maybe a type of club that uh, wouldn't be fun to go to. would be smelly. <laughs> but it's not really a, a club. It's more like a delivery service. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is such a cool idea. It is a 
recyclable litter box that is delivered to you pre-filled with litter of your choosing. So they're eco-friendly. Um, I guess it says they have a fun design for every season. So they look different too, which is leak-proof. That They're leak-proof also. I'm, Pretty important. Like, I'm reading that. So yeah, it's probably something important to, to point out. But yeah, so you don't have to change the used litter anymore. You, you just toss it with this cardboard box. Which, wholesale. Amazing. Yeah. I think changing cat litter is the worst part of having a cat. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, it's the worst. It's heavy. It's dusty. It's Yeah, it's dusty. It's it smells. It's gross. Emptying out a used litter box is, is disgusting. Hack away at the, the pee yeah. litter. Oh, God. Hack yeah. away and it flies but in this, your face. But you this, you just toss the whole thing and then you get a deliver like a box delivered. That that's is much filled. easier. That's so good. Oh, they also, it's uh, no risk guaranteed. So you can customize or cancel your order whenever you want. Uh, so if you want to try Kitty Poo Club, <laughs> they're offering 20% off your first order if you set up auto shipments by going to kittypooclub.com and entering promo code DEADMEAT. And again, that is 20% off your first order if you set up automatic shipping. Kitty Poo Club, kittypooclub.com, promo code DEADMEAT. Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Poo Club. <laughs> Cause yeah, he fucking kills Jimmy Simpson uh, after smashing his face with a mug. He stabs him with the knife. Stabs him with the knife right there in, in the public. back of his head. Yeah, in the middle of his diner. I just, I just wasn't expecting him to just be just in public. Yeah, so murdery. Just he so blatantly fuck, murdery. Which I guess I mean that's what road rage is. You're not like like it'd be weird if this was a road rage movie and he was kind of quietly plotting stuff or like stealth murdering. Like yeah. he should, he doesn't give a fuck. And no. that's, what, that's what road rage is. You're just so tunnel vision. And he, but he's like fucking torturing her too. Cause he's like, what's the last thing you want to say to your friend? And she's like, please don't do this. He's like, you wasted that. Too late. He's yeah. dead. His mouth breathing in the phone. <laughs> I know. I can't even do his voice here. Cause I he's Australian, right? Uh, and he's doing. I forget a, if he's. I always forget if he's Australian or if he's like from New Zealand, but lives in Australia. He's from the southern. Hemisphere. He has an accent, but he is doing an American he's, accent. Yeah, here. he's from New Zealand, but he lives in Australia. Oh, interesting. So. Okay. I, you know what I also thought too about his character is when he, because this is when he's talking about, oh, you're you're a divorce lawyer. You're, you know, you're always gonna side with her. You know, you you take advantage of guys like me and blah 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 and. Maybe her husband was just a guy who's trying his best, and <laughs> I, it felt very um, like circa kind of like 2012 era men's rights activism. I think that mm. style, like that specific internet niche, I'm sure it still exists in some form, but I feel like that's not the primary. Like we don't really talk about that anymore. I feel like that's because internet subcultures and stuff are constantly changing, and like mm -hmm. that kind of like movement on like that was so big on reddit in like you know the beginning of the 2010s but that's like the style of that's the flavor i'm getting from him yeah just very like, they're, they're mad are, about divorce lawyers which is there a, are issues yes you know, I, in the oh, divorce sure. system against men mm -hmm. but then like a lot of some of those communities tended to take it take their frustrations out on that just out on women in general right like there's a difference between the actual issues at hand, which I agree are problems. The idea that, you know, women are seen as, you know, they are inherently motherly. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they, you know, that's 
that's a sexist idea yeah, and it's bullshit. right so there's that versus like they're taking advantage of guys like me because women are fucking bitches. Yeah. You know, they're all, yeah, they're just out to get, you know, hose me for child support and the, like, there's just. They're like, don't appreciate I'm trying my hardest. Or it's like, like, we're not addressing the systemic issue here. It's just like, women. Just anger. Yeah, that's kind of his character in this. Huh? That's kind of his character in this. Yeah, yeah. which I, I like and i think is low it's like this kind of slid under the radar but i think that this kind of villain is really interesting just mm-hmm. guy who is really mad at women in that moment and just 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 taking it out on this one woman which that happens like that's i think of like you know targeted violence to like what the, was that fucking guy i don't even know like that dude who who shot of the sorority or was going to like that oh, bullshit yeah, we don't even yeah. need to talk about but you know just that kind of like you know so, yeah, th- at this point, he's calling her on his shitty flip phone and he's doing the thing where he's like, pick who dies next. Yeah, and she's saying, I'm going to call the cops and you're going to be in so much fucking trouble. And he's like, he goes, I had to write this quote down because it made me laugh so hard because it's just the fucking craziest shit out. He's just, suicide by cops, okay with me. Your therapist better bring your A game next time. And you see her. I just, I don't. Oh that, yeah, because he's giving her her messages of, that she missed. And he's like, your therapist had to reschedule. Fuck. She better bring her A game. I think that, like, I was already into this, but him just being like, I'm fine time by a cop. Also, your therapist better get her ass ready for you to come in. It just, yes. So yeah. love it. Love this character. Love everything about this. It's so good. It's such camp and it's so fun. So yeah, he's given her options of like who he's going to go kill next. Her son, her yeah. mom, Joker, her brother. Joker yeah. games. This is Joker's tricks. And she's like, uh, me. She tries to say me. And he's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And so she she reluctantly says her. <laughs> My client that fired me. Yes, good choice. Well, what she does is she picks that, the, that woman and then immediately calls the cops. Because literally, they hang up and we were like, she Please call, call the, the cops. cops. Yeah. And she does. She calls the cops and she's like, there's this guy headed towards this address of my client. He's going to kill her. Please send cops there. And cops go there. And we see that it's like a fucking mansion with yeah. like a gate and everything. So the cops roll up and uh, they're like, we're here to protect you. But he's nowhere in sight. He went to her house. Joker's trick. <laughs> Joker's trick. Yeah. yeah. This really, like, it just is so, Yeah. I mean, this is what happens in the fucking Dark Knight, isn't it? Where mm-hmm. he's like, you got to save one. There's your girlfriend in like the warehouse. Like and boat or there's something? There's the boat. Yeah, the Michael fucking Clark ferry. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. I haven't seen it in so long. <laughs> Dude, the joke, like, like he Ledger Joker is Russell Crowe's character's avatar on message boards for sure. And just a reminder to anyone who maybe didn't watch the Kill Count, the guy who designed the makeup for the Heath Ledger Joker started his career doing makeup effects on Basket God, Case. That owns so which is much. The best fucking thing I've God, ever I love heard. That. I love it. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so good. You gotta start somewhere. Like follow your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, uh, yeah. So he instead goes to her brother's house. Uh, the, yeah, their house where the brother is. And he breaks yeah, it's in. Yeah, her house. Because he's living her with house. her. Yeah. And uh, he breaks in and he, he takes the brother's fiance and he's got her. And the brother has like a knife yeah. that he's kind of brandishing at him. And I was like, should he be holding that knife out? Turns out he shouldn't have because Russell Crowe throws the fiance into the knife <gasps> so that the brother stabs his own fiance. He... 
literally does the because you know in that song from chicago where she's like he ran into my yeah, yeah. and i just always wonder like what would that be It'd but be this. this is this he just makes her run into it and i gasped and it was yeah. really good yeah poor mary a lot, of, lot going on yeah r.i.p it's funny though because the only scene we really got of her was earlier when she's kind of she's pitching about like coupons i don't know so i didn't really care about no no it's uh <laughs> rachel couldn't find her scissors and it was oh, because right. it was mary's coupons they were hidden underneath it yeah yeah she's a coupon person <laughs> coupons. so yeah then he takes fred the brother and he ties him up uh, to a chair, and he he texts Rachel. Yeah, he a writes a letter. Oh yeah, to, he makes he Fred makes, write a, makes write a, Fred, a letter. Yeah, to like read to her on the phone, and she, he makes her put the phone on speaker so that the the son can hear. Now She's she picked has up her son, son from school by now. Yeah, yeah, and the school's on lockdown, and it. But yeah, he writes this letter for the brother to read, and it's basically just like, "Dear sister, you're the fucking worst," and. Um, you're a bad sister, and this is gonna haunt your dreams forever. Uh, yeah, and the kid hears it on the PS. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's just the meanest letter ever. <laughs> and meanwhile, Russell Crowe's dousing this dude with lighter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. A cop gets there to their house, and then Russell Crowe's like. Okay, and he lights the brother on fire and throws him at the cop, and then gets out. He gets shot a couple of he times in the uses- shoulder. The brother that's been lit on fire as a weapon. Yeah. Amazing. In a rolly chair. This brother just in a rolly chair on fire pushes him at the cop. Oh, it's so good. A lot of um just no-name cops that show up in this movie where you're just like, oh, man, R.A.P., dude. <laughs> it was nice knowing you. <laughs> just random, seemingly good-natured cop. <laughs> a lot of just ba- a lot of just bald dudes. That yeah, heard- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think every cop in this every movie cop is bald. in this is bald. Uh, so yeah, they. So now it's uh him wanting to what confront Rachel face to face and telling her or no. Okay, so Russell Russell calls Rachel says your son's next. I know. And what happens is because. Rachel realizes he's tracking them with his phone like he knows where they are Mm -hmm. um so she smashes the phone after she talks to him and he tells her that her son's gonna die and they're driving around and they realize wait he might still know where we are because there's a tab there's a tablet in this Mm -hmm. car and he he like taped their tablet to the underside of a seat in the gas station and now is tracking it with her phone yeah so they use it to call 911 and they are driving and they realize, unbeknownst to Russell Crowe too, I think he, because he can't track them with the, I think he loses them yeah. in this moment. And he's also driving a minivan. Yeah, he takes the neighbor's He's car. driving the, the soccer mom van, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very good. They are right behind him and he doesn't know that they're there. And so they try to get the attention of a cop. Um, like R- on the highway on the highway R.I.P. cop though because Russell Crowe realizes that it's them and he runs and he causes a giant pile yeah up. the cop is killed by a semi that just plows <gasps> through the car and like I get that was one moment where I was like really we're doing this again because the guy at the gas station also got hit by another car but, it's but awesome. I guess trucks can't stop that fast and also it was awesome it's awesome it fucking it's, drives straight a, through he it he causes a Final Destination 2 style pileup. Yeah. Like someone 
some other minor character survived and is now in their own final destination <laughs> movie because of this crash. So then, yeah, I think she what she calls the cops again, and the cops are like, "Lady, there's a giant pile up," and she's just like, <laughs> "I know it's because of the dude who's stalking me." So cool, everything's going really good. Uh, just cars flying everywhere, and this is when yeah they decide to go to grandma's house which is as they established earlier on in a subdivision that is a very confusing place they yes. like established it earlier and that's why i was talking about earlier they they set up a lot of little hints and not in too forced a way that they pick up later and it's satisfying yeah it's funny because is this the assisted living no that's was, why her house is empty is because she's yes, been moving okay. to an assisted living i was living. gonna say like, wait, is the assisted living the really confusing subdivision? Because that seems <laughs> cruel. really cruel. Yeah. <laughs> My friend lived in a subdivision like this. I would get lost in it. I would yeah. go to his house and just get lost. Yeah, I've been in some friends of subdivisions too, where it's like, wait, how? Why is this designed like mm. this? Yeah, it makes no sense. So yeah, he chases them in there, but they're able to uh, do a little Tokyo drift into there and buy them some time to, uh, so that he's like driving around the streets confused. And in that time, Another thing that was set up earlier was when her son was telling her about the cool new Fortnite strategy he has de- he had developed with his uncle, Fred. Mm-hmm. And it involved luring someone to a place that you're familiar with and then distracting them while another person runs them over. Yeah. And as soon as he said it, to your credit, you were like, I called it. I called later. it. I was like, that's going to happen later. And that's part of the movie. Sure We're enough, doing the Fortnite the strategy. Yep. And yeah, that's the... Because Kyle hides in the grandma's house in this cool little like... Uh, uh, it's a crawl space or it's crawl a... space that you enter in the back of a closet yeah which like I want one to hide in just in case it's like, very, it looks very cozy. Um, I can't think of any reason you would have that unless it's just like a storage room where they happen to just kind of board it up and they left a little like why I don't know why that's like the only other reason I can think of having one of those is if you're a French aristocrat in the 1700s <laughs> and you have secret passageways in your palace because the villagers are all showing up and they want to kill you because yeah. it's the revolution. That's what Which, like, that like. happened. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Russell Crowe gets there and right when he finds her car... She drives another car into the side of his and flips it over, and it's cool. Yeah. So many cool cars. And she, ah, just classic rookie mistake. She gets out to check if he's in there. Nope. She brings a golf club to beat him down with, to be fair. But yeah, she does look a little too long at where he should be and isn't, because then he attacks her and kicks the crap out of her. Oh my God, he's beating the shit. He beats the shit out of her. Yeah, it's like uncomfortable, but it's also... Like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, like what we've had set up with this character, I don't know, I think it would be weird if he did, like if it was a guy character, he would be beating the shit out of Definitely, him, yeah. you know, like this movie isn't like, you know, kind of like softening itself to be comfortable mm-hmm. and maybe that's also kind of the point of that character too is like, yeah, this, this dude like just like really wailing on a woman is you know yeah it's kind of we've already talked about that character has issues with women it's disturbing yeah he drags her inside because he wants to kill her kid in front of her yeah and then i don't know there's a bunch of back and forth fights uh this is all all because she honked at him by the way yeah (laughs) just just, and didn't apologize didn't apologize yeah Yeah. uh but eventually (laughs) she takes those scissors that she was looking for earlier she fucking stabs him in the eye. In the eye. 
And okay. then, and then she like, oh yeah, she's like, here's your courtesy tap, and kicks them further into she his. She kicks skull. them. She kicks those scissors into his brain. It's fucking <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's fucking and right great. before that part, I I wrote in my notes, I wish that this movie maybe had a little bit, a tiny bit more levity. Not necessarily funny. I don't need characters cracking jokes. I don't need the kid to be cracking jokes. That's the worst. Glad they avoid that. But maybe that. I don't. I don't know, it, especially because, you know, we have these scenes where he's like beating the shit out of her. It's just a lot, you know, it, it's it's dark. But then here's your courtesy tap made me laugh very hard. <laughs> and just those scissors just, yeah. Just They're like candy cane scissors. Too. Into his yeah. brain. Yeah. Just. It's good. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then uh, there's a little stinger at the end when they're driving back home. Uh, what a car almost cuts her off. A car, and then she yeah. goes to honk her horn and then and does, does it. And the kid goes, "Good choice." Yeah, good choice. And I had to laugh because I, because just because it's a horror movie, I'm thinking, well, Russell Crowe can't come. Like he's dead. Like yeah. he's a guy and he's dead. As far as I know, we're not making an unhinged franchise. Like this character is extremely dead. So okay, it's so I'm thinking, oh, but what's the last scare going to be? It's just road rage in general. Like road rage is the real monster all along kind of thing. <laughs> you know, road rage lives on forever inside all of us. That's the the monster coming back, I guess. Yeah. It'll never truly be. I know when he died, I was like, well, that's it. Right. Not, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was wondering, well, what's the, cause it's a horror. Mm -hmm. What's and the no, last they just scare? With a quick little joke of like, good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I appreciate that. Like he died and then the movie, Two minutes later is over. I'm like, cool. yes, we don't need. Yeah, we don't. It, the pacing in this. Movie I did laugh though that we did get a last second resolution of your uncle's actually alive. That's right. You know, yeah. the, one of the cops comes by and is like, your uncle's alive. Just extremely Which burnt. I fucking knew it because he lit him on fire, threw him at the cop, we and ran out. It. And the cop like started to put a blanket oh, on him. And I was I, like, I missed it. That uncle's gonna live. It would have been a lot funnier though if they like if the uncle was if they like wheeled him in and he's like head to toe just bandages like a cartoon yeah crispy crispy uncle still alive and uh then we go out and credits cover of don't fear the reaper which i laughed oh, yeah. really hard at yeah. it's like a yeah like a, a now style Every, we cover we're covering all these classics with a, a lady singer that's like sings like this all the times like <laughs> yeah good good stuff i enjoyed this i had a good time i had a very good time um i i say recommend because it's it's only you can only rent it right now because it is technically a theatrical release at the moment so yeah i think we rented it and i think it was like a 20 it was 20 rental. bucks so yeah. you know maybe get a whoever's in your pod over get your and social pod can split it yeah split that shit it's worth it yeah it's a it's a good you know it, it would it would be worth going to see at the movies for uh this would be a fun theater movie this yeah, would be a fun drive-in movie if you had like a bunch of people in the theater who were into it this would be a great experience yeah yeah oh man uh yeah i would love to know who else saw this and what y'all think of it because mm -hmm. apparently not everyone loved it but i had a good time yeah People who like fun loved it. <laughs> you heard it from Chelsea. I just, this, this movie's such a good example of, I don't need every movie to be great. I just, sometimes I just want something that's this. It does what it does and it it's, you know. I just appreciate how quickly it gets into it, how it never lets off the gas, no pun intended. Yeah. And how, yeah. 
it's fluent in the language of what it wants to be. It's not trying to be that deep, even though I do think it is like even on a surface level addressing this like weird kind of like like certain type of male anger, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's not explicitly about that. It's just I don't know, just an interesting. I'm also surprised that road rage has not really been a um like explored in movie or you know like it's fucking scary road rage is scary mm-hmm. like people who go out of their way to like you know run you off the road and yeah there are some scene there in the opening credits there are some shots where i don't know if they were filmed for this movie or just taken from they were filmed for this. i think those are real there was Jesus. one on like the 101 in la i knew exactly what where, spot like, a car it was is driving like it was like crashes into the barricade and shit. The freeway. it's insane man and what are we doing next week huh Next week, we are finally going to talk about Godzilla on the Debbie podcast. Long requested topic, a topic I am very intimidated by. Just the first movie, right? Just the first, yeah, the original Godzilla movie. This will not be a series overview. No, I'm sure we'll (laughs) talk a little broadly about the phenomenon of Godzilla, but we are going to have a special guest. We're going to have D-Man 1954. like prolific Godzilla YouTuber knows everything about Godzilla because Good. I know nothing about Godzilla. I've never so. seen it. And it's a huge thing. Uh, it's always at horror cons, lots of Godzilla stuff yeah. there. And I'm always just like, I'm, I hope those people are having fun. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not part of that world. I, I do remember, I for, I don't know who the guys were. There were, I mean, there was a table of, um, I don't know if they were makeup artists, but they were like Japanese, like they were from Toho or like worked on Toho Godzilla stuff. But I remember there was, do you remember this where they were, there was a little kid dressed in like a really elaborate Godzilla, like a big, I don't know if it was inflatable or what, but they were just like just taking pictures or just, (laughs) it was just really cute and very wholesome. So I'm excited to talk about our boy. And also his birthday was this month. I think Godzilla's birthday is actually November 3rd. So he got a little overshadowed (laughs) this year. So we're going to dedicate some time to him. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch that movie because I've never seen it. Never seen it. Yeah. Cool. In the meantime, you can follow Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Carebeck, C-R-E-V-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, DeadMeatStore.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, email DeadMeatPod at gmail.com with any ideas or suggestions or feedback. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. I'm James. <laughs> I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast. Yeah.